It is my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast brought to you by Beach Commute. Today, you've got all three of us, got Jeff, Marissa, and Diego, and we are going to talk about the best and worst travel moments of 2022. So last year, we did this. We went through, was it 22 questions? 22 questions. Last year, we did 21. 21 questions. Okay, we're adding a question a year. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some of the the weirdest, some of the worst, and some of the best things that we did in our travels in 2022. So first, I will kick off the first question. I'm going to ask a question, and then all three of us are going to briefly answer that question. If somebody gets riled up or a little bit you know, <laughs> hot-blooded like I may, talking about people doing yoga in cafes in my favorite city, that might happen. But some questions will be a little faster. Some will be a little slower. All right, so let me kick it off. First question is going to be, what is the favorite destination that you visited or lived in in this past year? All right. I guess I'll go first. Maybe this, we'll, we'll kick it off to like certain people next time. So we have no awkward pauses because we all want to answer, but mine would be Namibia for this year. I feel like Namibia is going to be a theme throughout a lot of my answers because it was such a wild destination, but it was just my favorite place. It was so unique, so thrilling, so exciting, so different. So I'll get into some stories as we go, but that's that's my short answer. Diego, what about you? You know what, Marissa? I, I was going to say something different, but I'm just going to have to copy paste <laughs> Namibia. Absolutely stunning, crazy, totally unexpected. Definitely not a classic digital nomad destination, no. but if you can make it work and you're there with a few friends, then it is truly one hell of an adventure. Absolutely. Okay, mine was in Baja, California, actually. Or, well, it's... It, oh. In, in Mexico. Yeah, exactly. We It's kind of a surprise. But really, I didn't have a whole lot to choose from because I only went to two places. I went to Medellin and I went to Mexico, mostly because I was... For a lot of months, though. You spent a lot of months abroad, just two different places. I spent a lot of months abroad. I was, I was kind of keeping it simple just because I was starting the new business and moving more full-time towards speech commute. So it required me to not dedicate so much brain power to moving around. As you know, it takes a lot of effort to do that. So I just kind of kept it simple. But my favorite one was Baja, California. We had a place right on the beach, like this big old mansion. And so we just walk right out into the waves and stuff. And even though I'm not a beach person, still you <laughs> kind of have to appreciate the Pacific coast in Mexico. It's pretty damned awesome. It's wild that I did a inland or like a non-beachy location and you did a, a beachy one. The tides well, turned in 2022. Look at us. <laughs> All right. Tides. Gonna... I get it. I get it. Tides. Look at that. Tides. I didn't even mean to say that. I'm more clever than I'm giving <laughs> yeah, myself yeah, credit yeah. for. <laughs> Danielle, this one's for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A little pun. All right. Number two. I'm going to kick off the next one and ask Diego, what was the most underrated or surprising place that you lived in or visited this year? So weren't expecting it to I'm gonna be. I'm going to have to say yeah. So for me, that was Dahab. That's in Egypt. It was on this, on the coast there. And I just did not, I guess I just did not expect all of that. So it's, it's, I mean, you know, it's totally desert landscape right on the, right on the water. And then you just put on your snorkeling gear, you go underwater and immediately you just see the craziest coral reef out there. So it just feels like you've got this almost like tropical coral reef, but it's in the middle of the desert. So that, that was incredible. And the town itself of Dahab is very, you know, very hipster, just an awesome, awesome vibe. So I really recommend it to people. It's easy to do as a nomad as well. Internet's a little iffy, so just have a think about that. Is hipster an awesome How's vibe? It for you? Is it though? Oh, if it comes with cafes, then yes. <laughs> We've talked about <laughs> that's a, that. That's a priority here. <laughs> the first step towards getting our our nice quality cafes is the hipster influx. So yeah, fair. They need to be there, yes. They need to be there. Yeah. It's a requirement. <laughs> Jeff, what about you? What was right. your... How about you guys? I got nothing new. Like I did Baja, California, and then I did like just different parts of Medellin. So, I mean, my travel range this year was different parts of one city. <laughs> so I've, got, I've got nothing exciting. So everyone listening, yeah, you're going to be hearing 22 times Baja, California over the course of this uh, <laughs> yeah, podcast. <laughs> you might be. We'll just maybe skip over me a few times. 
Mine again was Namibia. I knew it was going to be pretty epic, but it just blew my mind in terms of of how amazing it was. So it was really, I think, just, yeah, my most underrated, surprising, epic place. Every answer will not be Namibia for me, I promise, but there will be a couple thrown (laughs) in here. I'll just start lying. I'll just start lying. (laughs) Sounds good. So to switch it up a little bit, what was the best thing that happened to you guys on your travels this year? And I don't know, maybe, um, you know what, Jeff, give us, give us another Baja California story. I've got something different. I met my current girlfriend, (laughs) my current girlfriend here in Medellin and started a long distance North America to South America relationship, which I thought was going to be insane. Marissa and I talked about it in our last podcast. She's like, I hear you speak Spanish now. How do you do that? Well, actually, that's another exciting thing because her mom doesn't speak a word of English. So I'm forced to just speak Spanish all day with her. And lessons aside, that's probably the best way for me to learn Spanish. But that's definitely been the most exciting and most interesting thing that's happened to me this year. That's awesome. I'll go next with that one. Mine, I feel like there's a lot of really good things, also some romances and whatnot, but mine was really just spending time with really good friends. So I think as I look back on my past travels, a lot of it was I was always meeting a lot of new people and a lot of time with old friends as well. But for whatever reason, this year in 2022, I feel like I more intentionally spent time with like nomad friends who I'd had for years. And so for me, it was honestly just being in some really epic locations and experiences with just friends that I'd had for years of travel. So that was, it's not like a moment for me, but that was the first thing that came to my mind. Collection of moments. Yeah. Yeah. But just, yeah, having really good friends throughout those moments. Diego, what about you? You know, yeah, now that that you say that, Marissa, you know that uh, Jeff and I are going to be expecting to see you a lot more in the next year. Otherwise, we'll, we'll know where we stand <laughs> really on Really good list. friends. <laughs> I'm never going to see you two. Although and Jeff stays in Colombia forever. I may never go to Colombia to see Jeff. I saw Diego. <laughs> we'll have to find somewhere to all meet in 2023 for sure. There's nothing yeah. wrong with yeah. Colombia. I mean, just come on down. I'm here. <laughs> I do, I do like Colombia. I do like Colombia. I've, I've never been to Medellin, which is so wild because it's all the two of you talk about. But you guys know I don't love the city. So if you head to like a beach somewhere or like a jungle, I'll come meet you in Colombia somewhere. <laughs> I guess we could talk uh, about Santa there. Marta. Santa Marta? Or, I'm, I'm or... going to be there in, in January. So oh. that might be, might be one to do. So for me, this one is actually really, really special, and it's probably one of the most important moments of my life. I got engaged in Thailand, and yeah, I finally, I'd been carrying the ring with me for a year and a half. It was a ring that was created in Bolivia because it's got something special there. I'm I'm half Bolivian, that's why. And finally had the courage to ask, and it, it was a very long relationship, so... Here we go. And it, we, I waited for, you know, one of the most beautiful places that I could be at. And that place finally fit the bill. It was a little island in, in Thailand. And yeah, other little thing was just to have a home to come back to in, in Bali that just felt really nice after having traveled for seven years to be able to have a place that we knew that we were going to come back to the next year. As a digital nomad, are you going to do, congratulations, by the way, as a digital nomad, are oh, you going to do a wild destination wedding? <gasps> Again, way to put me on the spot. We probably will be. Yeah, we're we're still thinking about where it's going to be, but it's most likely in Europe so that the families can kind of make it there too. And we're kind of Makes top sense. top contenders are Italy or or Greece. So we're we're going to be looking into those. Two amazing awesome. places. Can't go wrong with either. Beats the hell out of mine. <laughs> All right. Next one. Marissa, what is the most memorable? Oh, you're not a foodie, but this is, this is going to be interesting. What is the most memorable food or meal that you ate? Good, bad, yeah. weird, or whatever. Yeah, I went a different way because, like Jeff said, I'm not a foodie. I don't really, like, remember specific meals for what they taste like or things. But my most memorable meal was the the setting of everything, which was in Namibia. (laughs) Back to that. But I've talked about getting stuck between this river overnight with, like, lions in several episodes. I won't tell the full story. But we made it, we had to cook dinner while getting stuck in the dark with like potential lions nearby. So that was just my most memorable meal for like, it was kind of scary. It was dark. There was like bugs flying at us. We didn't know what was happening and went and, you know, cleaned up real quick, slept on the roof of our car in our tent. And that was my most memorable meal of the year. (laughs) Jeff, what about you? I had Panagradano. Panagradano. Sorry. What's that? 
it is a type of cheese and it's like you actually oh. make a fettuccine out of it it's a big block you guys can't see this but i'm holding out my arms like i'm wrapping it around a barrel that's basically what it is they bring out this big huge wheel of cheese and they carve a bunch of like little chunks of the cheese out of it and then they pour vodka in there light it on fire and melt the cheese into a nice cream oh and then they God. pour the sauce in there spin it all together and then boom there you go you got fettuccine alfredo with this most amazing cheese i've ever tasted in my life i might become I've had a foodie f- for that <laughs> You would, you would be, it would be criminal for you to not. Was that in Colombia? I'm guessing? It was. And I've had it four times. Gone to that restaurant four times and I've had it four times. <laughs> we'll fly to Colombia for that. Diego, what was your most memorable meal? You know, for me, it's, it wasn't so much a traditional one, but we were, there was, I think, 23, 24 of us in Puerto Viejo just now, just a few weeks ago. And we had this, com- all a bunch of digital nomads kind of living there for a month together. And we had this competition where we were going to make food from these different countries. And so everybody just went all out because they had to win, right? The competitive spirit was high. And and we ended up ha- just having the most incredible meals from all these different countries served up. And it was or, or like areas of the world. And so you just kind of like put all that on your plate and you're just looking at your plate and it's like, wow, there's there's some South Africa, there's East East Asia, there's you know, South Asia, there's Europe. There's it was it was fantastic. All being um, made yeah, in Costa really Rica. Stellar. <laughs> it, it, you know, totally out of place. Like we should have been eating plantains, eggs, and <laughs> rice and beans. But here That's we so were. That's so fun. Pinto. I love those. Yeah, all different answers. All right, I'll kick off question number five. I'm going to kick it back to you, Diego. What was your worst flight experience this year and why? And I want to share we're asking this question because I think that we maybe we don't talk about our actual like traveling between destinations all that much on the podcast, but it's probably the worst part of being a nomad in my opinion because it just Easy. flights can be, yeah, it's a pain in the ass. So Diego, what was your worst flight experience and why? Yeah. And you know, it, it used to be that I, I love flying so really? much, like just the idea of getting into a flight is so exciting as, as a kid, like because you were going somewhere, right? Something's changing. But I think that I just got way, I, I got way too used to that. And yeah. now all I, all I feel is the frustration. So, so let's see for, yeah, for me, that was definitely, I was going from Istanbul to Thailand. So this is shortly before the engagement. And we had, we had this, this, I mean, it was a crazy flight anyway, because at that time I've never seen such expensive flights as, as this last summer. Like if you remember guys, yeah. if you've been looking, that was absolutely crazy. And so we had to f- try to find a flight that wasn't, you know, three to $4,000 to get over to Asia. It was still, you know, one, 1.5 K or something crazy like that. But that flight to make it work, we, I don't know. I think it had like five different stops <laughs> along the way. It was, it was one of the most unreasonable <sighs> flights I've taken in a long time. And one of those stops was going through a big airport in India. And for some reason, I don't remember why, but we there was like this little like loophole that we had to walk through in 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 that airport. So it wasn't the normal security check, but like this kind of like through a back door type of security check. And it just looked like, you know, it was a big, big modern airport and everything. But that one area just had never been updated. <laughs> And so you walk into that and there's this team. It just looks, it, it feels like the most forgotten part of an airport I've seen in my life. It, there's this team there that that they've probably been working there forever. There were more team members there than there were people waiting in the line. And I think it took it took us probably an hour and a half just to get through that queue. And it was just a few people. I've never seen anything like that. Like that, that was by far the, the craziest security check we've ever done. On um, like a long um, yeah, five-stop travel journey. That sounds not fun. Oh God, that was nuts. Yeah. All right. I yeah. can. How about you guys? I can go and then I'll let you go, Jeff. So mine was flying. I flew back to the States for a wedding from, I was living on Copenhagen, a little tiny island in Thailand. So to get there, I think it was like a 42-hour journey, and I had to, because you're you're on the island where there is no airport, so you have to take a ferry, which only goes like twice a day, so I had to get like the ferry that would get there in time left like six hours before, you know, my first little flight, and then I had to fly from there to mainland Thailand, from there to Qatar, and Qatar back to the States. So it was, a, it was like a 42-hour door-to-door journey. And on top of that, this was, I'll get into later about, I had a scooter accident. I had like a a walking boot. I just started walking again for the first time in a month. So I had this like boot on my foot for this 42 hour journey. And then you start it like being salty from a ferry and wet and like just dirty. You know, it was, it was a rough 42 hours. So Mm. it's not all rainbows and sunshine as a nomad, but so worth it. So Jeff, what was yours? 
Mine was worse than either one of yours. Oh. I had, yeah, I had a child sitting in front of me with a cold, which might be the worst thing of the Worse planet. than 42 hours with like a yep. broken foot? Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> let's, let's let Jeff have this one. Not <laughs> a big fan of screaming children on flights. I, they just grate me. And this kid's just, you know, when it's just like aiming their mouth up in the air to cough, and then up and just like blasting sneezes everywhere. And then the parents are just like encouraged, like, oh, look at my darling little son. Like your child is a They can't demon help seed. it, Jeff. They're I children. They still have to get My places. mom had me wrapped up tight. Like I was a, I was a good kid. This kid's bouncing up and it decided it wanted to play peekaboo with me looking at me behind and I was just expecting this big huge sneeze to come through the <laughs> through the chairs. You just my called face. a child an it. <laughs> you just called what? <laughs> You're gonna be a great dad. You just called I'm this child an it. Jeff doesn't just Jeff doesn't love kids. Have you ever seen it? You can't tell. Have you ever seen it? That's what the child was. A little clown oh, monster. Man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Jeff's okay. getting riled. I took the cake, take right? The cherry there, Jeff. All right. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, guys. What about the most thrilling activity you did? I don't know. Maybe maybe you want to go first, Musa. Yeah. All right. I'm going to talk about Namibia for a hot second. It will go away. But the most thrilling activity was easily the... So we did like a nine-day road trip through that country. And it was just like... I thought my life was in danger in every moment in the best ways of just like riding through rivers, seeing wild animals, just being in the middle of nowhere, seeing these tribes. It was just like thrilling and in every way imaginable. So short and sweet, but that's my answer. Yeah. Jeff, how about you? I took some extracurricular mushrooms and ended up (laughs) skipping through the streets of Peñol in Huatape, literally skipping and running and just pointing and naming every tienda that I saw. I'm all frozen yogurt. And uh, yeah, I felt like I was an avatar and I was in this crazy dream. And it was, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever done. (laughs) And if you could have seen it. I love that this happened for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Amazing answer. Amazing. Fungus is a hell of a thing. Yeah. Well, let's see. What's yours? I think for me, it must have been, we went to, yeah, we were just, again, it was last month. You know what, guys? I think I just have short-term memories. So frankly, everything I'm going to say is from the last month. (laughs) I do my best to spread it out. But basically, (laughs) last month, we went to to Bocas, Bocas del Toro. That was whilst we were Mm. in Costa Rica, actually. So we did a little weekend trip. So that's this like archipelago of, of a bunch of little islands out in the jungle there in the Caribbean. So stunning, stunning place. And there, there's this one-legged, yeah, basically one-legged pirate. He he literally, like, everything he does is pirate-themed, and he definitely looks like a pirate. And so he's built out this little company where they do ATV runs, or ATV quad bikes, whatever you, you call them. And, you know, fully in style, he's got this treasure map behind him, and he's explaining how to get through the jungle. And he's, he's telling you about all these little booby traps that he's set up so that... The competing companies, if they send their customers in, their customers basically get stuck somewhere in the middle of the jungle. So it's that kind of crazy, right? And and yeah, he just he just kind of gives you the key to the quad bikes and sends and says, "All right, off you go. See you here this evening." And it was the most. I mean, I'd done this before. I already knew this was one of my favorite quad bike adventures ever. But it literally just went up a notch. And this time we were more people. We were back two hours late because we got you know so stuck in the mud that we had to manually push. I think it was 10 quad bikes out of the mud. Oh my gosh. And this happened about five times. And I, I was loving it. I, I found out that I had an allergy to the jungle because I was covered in mud and then I had like a, a weird rash. And yeah, and I was really sad because I thought I was one with the jungle, <laughs> but apparently not. I'd been rejected. Oh, <laughs> but so anyway, sad, amazing, 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 amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that, that part I'm, I'm a little gutted about. But hey, we all got anyway. home, had gave us a ton of shot glasses to make sure that we felt good about the adventure and <laughs> and sent us on our way. Yeah, that was wonderful. That is a fun you, one. You guys don't know this, but this is this is Diego in a nutshell. This is like, if if I was a millionaire, like this is what I would do for Diego. I would set up an ATV track with booby traps. Like that's... Th- I'm going to hold I, you I to that, think, Jeff. I can't think of anything. <laughs> oh, I've already got plans for everybody. I've already got plans for everybody. And it usually comes with some weird stipulation that's going to annoy. I'm going to give some, I'm going to give people, everybody, their dream thing, whatever it might be, with one weird little stipulation. Like 
my, my brothers are super into records and collecting albums and stuff. And I'm going to give them the best sound system, like thousands and thousands of dollars, every record they can think of. But they have to pay 25 cents every time they play a record. And I'm going to collect that 25 cents. <laughs> Better believe it. <laughs> that is Jeff in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I know. It's just kind of weird. All right. Let me stop diverging here. All right. Next question. Marissa, what is the best or your favorite accommodation that you've stayed in this year? Yeah. I love talking about this because I think a lot of people ask or aren't sure, like, where do you stay as a nomad? What, are you in hotels or like, what are you doing? But it's a combination of, of everything, really. But my favorite one this year was this little, it was an Airbnb. I think I found it on Airbnb, but it was kind of like a hotel guest house, but it was in Bali in Ubud. So little sort of like inland town there in the rice fields. So to me, the rice fields are really the most magical part of Bali. And I'd been doing a lot of fast travel. I think this was after South Africa, Namibia, Mauritius, and I was traveling solo for a little bit. And I was like, I just want a really nice place to sort of land and like chill for a little bit. So I didn't like talk to anyone. I didn't know anyone. I went into this little town and it was this Airbnb. There was like four little rooms that were just like really well done. I had these like tiny little individual pools looking out at the rice field. You couldn't even get to them by a car. You have to drive this like park and then drive a scooter, you know, like through the rice fields to get there. And it was just this magical little moment where I would wake up every day and just be like, how, how am I here? How did I end up here? How is this so amazing? How does this exist in the world? And it's not that, you know, it wasn't very expensive even. It's just a magical little place and I loved it. So, and there was like cool lizards and animals like around all the time, you know, it was just magical. But Diego, what was That's yours? fun. Yeah, it was awesome. You sent us that link. Yes, I will. I'm definitely going to go there. Yeah, maybe I'll include that. I will try to put it in the, in the show notes. It's really hard to get, like, I had, I literally almost changed my dates just to get there because I, I found it when I was in South Africa. I was browsing around Airbnb and I saw it and I literally booked my flight to stay in this place because it just looked so amazing. I was like, I must <laughs> travel to get here. And it was, I wanted to stay longer, but it was only available a certain amount of days. So book it, book it ahead of time. I'll share it with you. That's incredible. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about two real quick. One, one honorable mention and the other one. So where we got engaged, that was probably, you know, one of the most stunning places for sure. And that ho that hotel was like a barefoot hotel. There's jungle everywhere. You just walk out onto the beach, like everything that you imagine to be the, you know, the paradise in, in Thailand, that was that, right. But it was a little more, more on the pricey side. So the one I, I kind of want to mention to everyone, because that might be interesting to look into is it's called, I think, Ko Yao Yai Village on an island called Ko Yao Yai. And it was, it was incredible. It was, you know, everything you imagine from the, from the name of it, it's just this like village of little huts out in the jungle. You're also on the beachfront. The food there was incredible. And the reason I think this is really amazing, especially for people listen, listening in is that it was actually, if you go in the off season, the price was, was really, really solid. And you could stay there for a long time, especially if you say, Hey, I want to stay for two weeks. They would probably also bring the price down a little bit. And we, we would, we're going to go back there for sure. And just spend you know, two, two, three weeks there at some point. It's an incredible place. How about you, Jeff? So mine was in, it's, it was called a tree house. It's, it's not quite a tree house. It's almost like a, like a cabin that overlooks all of Medellin. It's like way, way, way up on top of the mountain. And like I said, it's, it's like a cabin, but all mostly windows on the outside. So you get an amazing view of everything. And then you climb up this little spiral staircase and you've got your bed up there that looks through uh, just the whole side of the cabin is a window and it has a little sky net there. So like a sky net's kind of like a, it's like a hammock, but like half the room is a hammock. And you just kind of sit there and look over the valley and watch the clouds roll in and the thunderstorms and all that kind of stuff. Where was it? Absolutely this? beautiful. It's outside Medellin, like on top of the mountain looking into Medellin. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really need a link for that one too. Yeah. What's that? Not Marissa, because she's never going to go to Medellin, but yeah. you know, I'd love the link. For <laughs> it's that outside one. the city. It was outside okay. the city. That is and where I'll meet you guys. <laughs> better internet than most places I've been. So wow, now we're talking. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so with that, I guess we covered the the favorite ones. Jago, do you want to kick off? What was the worst accommodation you stayed in? Sure. That was another interesting one. So we went, we were flying to Dahab, well, to Sharm El Sheikh, and, and that's that's on the way to Dahab. That's the airport. And I was there with my now fiance. I'm making a point here. And we thought, well, we're going to stay one night in Sharm El Sheikh because just journey-wise, it makes sense. And and we saw there's so many big hotels around here. And we, we thought, hey, let's splurge a little. Let's really enjoy this 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 day because we just need a rest. And, and you know, we went all out, basically. 
And so we did. We we splurged a bit. And the hotel, honestly, guys, it was it was so strange. It was like a as a hotel that had, I don't know, been stuck in time, maybe like 30, 40 years ago. They built all these massive resorts over there. And then something happened and all the tourism just completely like drained from that area. And because uh-huh. they're and then the pandemic as well. So there's no money, no renovations ever done. And then on top of that, it had become more rainy in Dahab than it ever used to before, or, or that area in Sharma Sheikh. And yeah, it was just raining into the into the place. <laughs> the everything was it, it was just very very strange. You know, your expectations are way up here, and then and then the place is, is super super run down. It's hard, um, but yeah, then going over to Dahab are so nice. high, and that's in Egypt. That's Diego yeah. is talking for anyone listening. So yeah. Jeff, what about you? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't anything spectacular. It was just one particular Airbnb. Sometimes the pictures look fantastic. It's like whoever took the pictures are the ones that shoot commercials. And it looked great. It looked light. and looked like it had plenty of space. But in getting into it, it, it looked like a, it was like a cave. And there's nowhere to sit. And it was just really, really disappointing. And actually, I think we talked about this on a podcast before. Like, really, really scrutinize the pictures because you might get stuck in a place that you hate for like a mm-hmm. month, which is exactly what you, happened Jeff? to me. <clears throat> it was here. It was admitted you. It was with Jim, actually. So, ah. <laughs> and we both like just absolutely hated it. So it's and nothing stayed special. For a month. Just, just got duped. Yeah. Just got yeah. duped by really awesome photography. <laughs> yeah. Check those, check those reviews. So mine, my worst one was in Namibia. So we, we booked it like we booked the flight there maybe three days before we left and just needed somewhere to land for one night before heading out on a road trip. And I had been messaging another nomad who I had never met but knew had spent a lot of time in Namibia, just kind of through a network that I knew. She was like, you have to stay in this hotel. It's just a great place. Like, there's always a lot of, you know, it was good for nomads and meeting people. But Danielle and I were there together. We walked into the room, and I was like, we're so tired after traveling. And I laid down in the bed, and I looked up the ceiling, and there was all these spiders just on the ceiling. And I was like, I got to get out of here. So they actually ended up giving us another room that was, like, more decent for the night. But that was, yeah, I had no research. It was spidery. They're like, sorry, this happens from time to time. We try to we try to clean it out, but they come back. I was like, that's all right. Like, anyway, that was that was mine. <laughs> okay, I think I've got the next one here. Diego, what was a moment that you loved digital nomad life and you couldn't believe that this was your life? Yeah, I, I told you guys about short-term memory, so I'm going to say last month. This is true. This is that. He, he does have short-term memory. <laughs> guys, this is a, this nothing. Is thing nothing transfers from short-term to the long-term section of the brain. No, no, really enjoy it. Really enjoy the short-term. You live but in then the it's present. Gone. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I did meet another nomad who was like that as well, and we we kind of connected on talking about the. Fact Do you remember that who it is? Nothing. <laughs> No, unfortunately not. But I, I think they were lovely. I have no, no idea, no recollection. So, yeah. So we were in Puerto Viejo for this last for this last month. So that's in Costa Rica, a little you know beach town on the Caribbean coast. And you know, first thing we went, we did, we went there. We rented some bikes, and so you just bike down along along the beach. You've got you know the jungle, just ah, oh, like big jungle, right? You know, not little jungle, big jungle. And you're just biking through that, and it's it's incredible. And you're seeing sloths hanging off of the trees left right and center and toucans and you know it's just the the wildlife there is is more than i've ever seen anywhere else that 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 we've been that you kind of like live in the middle of that and then we just had this incredible group of again we were 23 digital nomads out there people were awesome it was just so you know family communal type of type of vibe so yeah it just felt it felt like the perfect way to to end the year Mm. how about you marissa Love it. Mine was actually, I was there with you, Diego, in Mauritius. We camped on this little island. Yeah, if you can remember, Diego, we were there this year. (laughs) Um, I I forgot the island. I know, right? Thanks for the reminder. Exactly. So we were living (laughs) in Mauritius. Past one month ago. Yes, exactly. This was back in, I guess, February, March or something like that. But Mauritius is a, a big island in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And then we met these guys through kite surfing who went kite surfing by this little island where it's kind of uninhabited. So we moved or sorry, for the night, we stayed one night on this island. They set up all these like tents for us and food and like played local music all night. And I remember waking up on this island and you're looking at like the most famous part that you see in all the images if you look on Google. 
and it's called the Moor, and it's like this mountain with like the bluest water you've ever seen just yeah on this island where no one lives with like 20 friends and I just remember thinking when I woke up like how is this my life how did I end up here how did I get so lucky that I not only could travel to a place like this but be here long enough to meet local people meet friends end up on this island like just how like I just knew if I wasn't living as a nomad I never would have ever had this experience in my life so it was just one of those moments where I was so grateful to be living the lifestyle that I have, that I, that I've chosen. Yeah. Jeff, what about you? I remember now. <laughs> you remember. Yeah. So now that we paint the picture. <laughs> you were there. Diego, you went to Mauritius this year. <laughs> I, I was so excited when you and told you me had that fun. I was there. And you <laughs> had fun. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> so they say. <laughs> Mine was for the first time I got to share my digital nomad life with my family. So I told them about that, what it was, but people don't still don't quite get it at home. You know, it's just like still got this association with like this abstract idea of working from a beach and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't quite click in their head. So I brought my brother with me to Medellin. He actually just left a couple of days ago and it was his first time leaving the country and not going to like an all-inclusive Cabo type of thing. So he really got the full experience of what it's like to go to you know, another country that's not like a little American embassy in another country. And I showed him what it's like to live as a digital nomad. And it was really, really fun. It was really, really special for me because I've doing this, been doing this for a long time. And there's only so far you can go with trying to explain what it is that we do and, and, and you know, actually show what it is that we do. So that was really special for me. And did you win him over or did you lose him? Oh, he's coming back. He said it was the okay, most, cool. is the best vacation of his life. And we didn't really go on huge adventures or anything. We just kind of lived like I normally live. And and I forget because we do this so often and I've come here so often, what it's like through fresh eyes. And mm, like so it can be overwhelming that. and exciting and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's cool being a tour guide. Guys, for you and I guess for everybody listening in, that I just let that sink in for a moment. You know, that a person who never even considered this lifestyle, like never even, you know, thought what this could look like, has done holidays and all these this travel stuff in the past, comes in to experience something that honestly, Jeff, like you're saying, nothing super spectacular. You did a few things here or there, but all he did is basically just living in Colombia for a little bit <clears throat> alongside you. Goes back and goes, This was my best vacation ever. Like, how how much are people missing out on this version of life, like yeah. people, people, you know, pass their entire lives, never experiencing that. You know, the majority of people are probably, you know, booking these, these pre-packaged tour holidays. Mm -hmm. They arrive in a, on a big cruise ship. They get dumped on, on a beach with a, with a massive hotel. They eat all the food from that, you know, from the, from the buffet and then back on the cruise ship and home they go. And mm -hmm. the only thing that they got took advantage of was nice weather. Right. So it's, That's it. it's just amazing to hear that really it's honestly, taking barn. It's taking like a little Western culture and transplanting it into somewhere, usually tropical or Caribbean. And you really don't experience what my brother said is he wanted to be uncomfortable with his, with something yeah. to, to feel out of place. Oh, we're good at that. We're oh good yeah. At that. Uncomfortable. Oh, we're <laughs> good at that. We specialize in uncomfortable. <laughs> and he wanted culture, you know? So we, we yeah. took him out with my girlfriend's family and we had velitas, which is just like lighting a bunch of candles for Christmas and, and dedicating them to each of your loved ones and your family, eating a bunch of food, taking them up into the mountains and going and eating at the little shacks alongside the mountain, traditional Colombian food. And yeah, it's just a, it's an experience that's every day for us. That's hard to explain mm. to somebody that's got this travel itinerary that they're going to take for just those two weeks here. So that's a really, that's a really nice addition, Diego. Love it. Love it. All right, next one. Let's do number 10. We'll get going through these. What, Diego, was the lowest travel moment that you had this year? So we just talked about the highlights, and that's what I think a lot of people see on Instagram and social media, you know, for digital no matter travel life. But what you don't always see is those moments where you're like, why have I chosen this life? This is so hard. I never want to be here. Like, I want to go home. <laughs> Did you have any moments like that this year? Yeah, luckily I don't remember them. <laughs> Brilliant. So I, I, I'm, I'm not going to dwell on it too much, but in, in short, I just realized I'd sometime throughout the year and, and it kind of lasted for a while that I've, you know, I've been doing this now for, for seven years. I must have met, I don't know, maybe 400, 500 people just living with them, you know, a month at a time. 
and at the same time trying to build up a, a business that frankly coming out of the pandemic was obviously you know really really intensely affected by all of that and now we're going straight into a recession so if you just package all of that together and you've got you know you got to manage the traveling part of that too i just felt very overwhelmed and it wasn't until we we just settled down in bali for a little bit that i realized that i really really needed that so i mean maybe maybe the lesson here to to myself and to anybody else listening is you know, at times you, you really do have to pace yourself. At times you kind of have to try to emulate what you have in your quote unquote normal life back home and, and create a little, carve out a little bit of that space, even if you are in a different country, so that you can ground yourself and just catch up on, on life or, or whatever it is, or just, you know, recoup energy. Anyway, how about you, Marcel? That's a good one. For me, I was in Thailand. I was there for maybe a little over two months, but a month of it was really rough or maybe like six weeks of it. So I got a, a stomach bug for like four days where I like couldn't keep any food down. And then right after that, I got in a scooter accident. So it's very common on this little island in Thailand because the sand, they call it the Kopenyang tattoo because everyone's skin was just like messed up from falling but I slipped on some sand while riding and one of the I I landed maybe on a rock or something that punctured like probably a a coin size like quarter size hole in my right ankle and I couldn't walk for an entire month it was really painful I had to I was there with a, a boyfriend at the time who had to literally do everything for me, like bring food, bring water. I couldn't get up and down our driveway because it was so steep. You had to ride on a scooter and two people couldn't, like it was, you couldn't go on two people. So I just had to have help with everything in pain, couldn't move. But I did, you know, I got a lot of work done. I was hanging. I just, you know, I, we had a view of the ocean from there. There was, I was living with three really awesome people who also didn't really like to leave the house very much. So they were just working and just, I had people around, which I was really grateful and lucky for. So made the best of it, but it was definitely a really hard time. Jeff, what about you? Getting sick with COVID in Mexico. It was the last day of a vacation and I had a flight the next day. And that's just such a fucking nightmare, really. Like I was, I was fine, but it was just all the logistics of, I got to go find, I got to find a hotel to quarantine for the next X, Y, Z days. And then I have to reschedule my flights and I have to isolate for, I was with nobody and I'm not good with nobody. That's not a good place for, you don't want to be in my brain when I'm alone. It's not a, it's not a safe place for anybody. It's not fun. So <laughs> it was, it was one of those moments where it's like, oh, could I have just please fucking made it home before this happened? And, but it actually it ended up being okay because I was like, you know, if I'm going to be sick with COVID, I want to book a badass fucking place. And I did. It was like, right. I had like a 180 degree view of the ocean. I was on the ocean. I was like, I'm, I'm splurged. I spent like 90, hundred bucks a day to get the best place with the best views I could have. And it, it made it okay. But it's, it was still like, oh God, this is just a part of travel where it's just so freaking inconvenient. What was so guess, the most memorable nomad you met this year, for better or for worse, Jeff? <laughs> All right. Well, I can hop in oh, real Diego, quick. You- so we, we met this guy, definitely for better. He's awesome. We met this guy in, in Bali. He was on, on one of our trips there. And he, I, I just, I, I just feel like he's like, go, go gadget. He opens his suitcase and I have, in my seven years of traveling with all these, I've never seen that much gear. And I travel with like all the gear under the sun because we literally have to set up Wi-Fi and all that kind of stuff. But this guy must have had three times as much gear as I did. It literally blew my mind. I don't, I think he travels with two big suitcases. I'm talking about everything from, he's got like strobe lights. He's got panel (laughs) lights. He's got a full on DJ pulse set. He's got massive, like massive speakers. I don't know where he puts those and, and anything in between, like literally anything you can possibly imagine. Obviously, he's got a drone. He's got a stable. Like he's got all the other, you know, standard gear stuff. That's already a big deal for many people. But he's got the kind of stuff that you go, how, you know? And so he apparently, this wasn't on our chapter, but on a previous one in, in Edinburgh, he apparently decked out an entire, like they had this castle that they booked for the for the weekend. And he <laughs> ended up like just creating the party by, by just, you know, he was DJing. He had the lights up and it was absolutely nuts. So this guy blew my mind. Great guy. That's amazing. You, Jeff? Jeff, what about you? I feel like this one's going to be great. <sighs> Pergamino yoga girl. That's, <laughs> God, just yes. send out a PSA to everybody. Please do not defile Medellin and turn it into America like this one girl. You, anybody that's heard this podcast, this is the third time I've gone through this. 
and it gets my blood going every time sitting there having we coffee and I see this <laughs> leg sticks out, stick out from a corner in an awkward way. Like, like why is a leg at that angle from where I'm looking? It doesn't make sense. And it starts moving back and forth. I'm all, what the hell is going on? I peer around the corner and she's set up a yoga mat and she's doing downward dog in the middle of a cafe where everybody's working <laughs> and just kind of like repossessed this entire cafe as her own little yoga studio. And I, just about lost it. I was like, oh my God, this is the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. So setting a bar for really, really bad digital nomadism, I can't think of anything worse that I've seen this year. And I can't think of a time I was more not proud to be an American than that <laughs> moment. So this one goes to you, Pergamino Cafe Yoga Girl. Shout out Digital to you. <laughs> Digital douchebags. Thank you. Please don't be one for the sake of the locals for the sake of me, because I will find you. <laughs> I'm done. Marissa, what's yours? Yeah. So mine, Diego, this was, I actually met him and Marissa's with you. I'm going to say our friend Ryan, because he's just one of the most optimistic oh, yeah. people. I've never met anyone mm. like him. So Ryan had, our, our friend is a digital nomad, started traveling after learning he had an illness. And it's just probably the most positive person, optimistic person a beat, like just up for fun, just everything, go, 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 just like high energy in a way that I've, I don't think I've ever met in another human before. So that wins my kind of memorable nomad of the year, I think of just, just a reminder to live so positively for me was, was cool. Good one. Okay. Next one on the list, which I actually don't have anything for knock on wood is what is your travel fuck up moment for this year? We'll start with Diego. All right. So super quick. I was meant to go from, where was that? Mauritius to Namibia. But again, it could be anywhere because my memory doesn't really work that well. And I had to, I didn't, I realized that I didn't have enough pages on my passport. And so there's this other thing. It's not about the date of your passport, but how many pages you have left in certain countries require more. And so this flight that was meant to be like a one hop flight between the two countries ended up with me flying all the way back over to, to Germany having to do this crazy, yeah, super sped up processor to get my passport sorted and then fly back over to, to Mauritius. So that was definitely a fuck up. I should have taken care of that before. I remember when you had to do that, it just makes it, yeah, travel's not always easy. And I actually know that's a good shout out to anyone listening because a lot of, I actually know a lot of nomads who have had that once you start traveling, getting so many stamps in your passport, you have to have a certain number of empty kind of slots or they literally won't let you fly there or like might send you home or not let you in. So do be mindful of that. With that, my travel fuck up moment of this year was, it actually wasn't a flight, shockingly, but in Namibia, we were driving and we went into this park where there's, a, it's, it's pretty much known where the most sort of like animals, the big, you know, five that you'd see. And we were in this park and we were trying to get to our next location. And it, we, I just used Google Maps because <laughs> who doesn't use Google Maps in the middle of nowhere? And it sent us out to like the corner of a gate on the way to our next location. And we got to this gate and it was just, we're like on these roads that don't really exist, but it's like telling us to go this way. And we get to the gate and it's just padlocked. And we've already driven like an hour and a half through here and have to go like back through these roads that are like undrivable, trying to figure out how to get to this, like out of the park to where we've probably wasted like four hours of the day. But we end up driving by these rhino poachers, we later learn, and stop to ask them for directions. I can tell it's like the sketchiest people, but we have no choice. You guys are crazy. crazy. They were like, what are you, how did you get here? <laughs> we were like, I don't know. We like, we drove here. They were like, where did you come from? Like, nobody should find these people. We were so lost. And anyway, it was, that was the, the moment of the year, but we'll see. And I know Jeff doesn't have one. All right. So with that, without Jeff's number 13, Diego, I'm going to kick it to you. What is the most unusual activity that you did or went on or participated in this year? Okay, so I'm going to cheat on this one because it's such a great story. It's not my own. Back in Puerto Viejo, yes, guys, memory problem again. There was a few people who decided to do a, a kind of ceremony with where they would basically get these five little holes burned into their shoulders. Combo. That's it. Frog poison. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And they, I, I saw them afterwards. They were pretty loopy, but one of them ended up saying, well, now that I've got these five burns on one side of my arm, I'm going to do it on the other side to balance it out. And yeah, I just found that very interesting and a little bit crazy because most people try to dodge those, those frogs. <laughs> yeah. It's so odd. Very strange. <laughs> Mine was 
I stayed in like one of those space bubbles on top of a mountain. Have you seen those before? You like inflate this giant bubble Ooh, that's awesome. and it's got this decompression yeah. chamber. So yeah, you walk into the decompression chamber, shut the door behind you and then open the door into this big bubble that overlooks a valley, which was really, really cool. Except you're not supposed to open the bubble and the outside of the decompression chamber at the same time, because you will deflate the bubble onto everything and possibly pop it, which of of course I did. I deflated our bubble <laughs> because I'm an idiot, which you guys could probably expect the, as the end of that story. Anyways, very, very cool place to go. And don't deflate your bubble because you could pop it. <laughs> What's yours, Marissa? It. Mine was, Jeff, you and I have talked about this one several times on the podcast, but the, it's called the Danza de Luna, the moon dance that I went to in Mexico, which just, the uh, witch, Jeff has named the witch my, fair. my witch ceremony, the witch fair. <laughs> So four days eating, drinking only water and eating only honey, like staying up all night with 600 women dressed in white, dancing under the moon. Definitely one of the weirdest, craziest activities I've done ever. And that was this year. So that was 13. And 14, let's kick it back to you, Jeff. What was a moment where, or did you have one that you felt unsafe or questioned your safety this year while traveling? It wasn't anything too serious, but when I was alone with COVID in Mexico, I was a little concerned because I was so remote and I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know if I was going to get sick sick. And if I did, I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do. So I, I was never in any danger because I was totally fine, but I was a little scared because I had no idea how it was going to affect me or what I was going to do or where I was going to go. So not, not too big a deal as it turns out. Diego, what was yours? Pretty simple one. I was just driving down the on a bike in, in Puerto Rico again. Again. And last month. It was <laughs> just year of last month. At night, dark, and probably shouldn't have been in that area on my own. And then it started to rain. And yeah, I don't know. Just a combination of those things. That was probably it. My, mine was actually in Namibia where unclear if it was unsafe or not, but we were in this park and climbed up these sand dunes to watch the sunset. And we'd been there for maybe 30, 45 minutes, and we looked back over our shoulder, and there was this guy just sort of staring down at us, watching us, like, very alone, very out of place. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I can sort of feel, like, just danger senses sort of kicked in. And we literally, like, turned off, and it just gotten dark, too. So we turned off, like, all of our lights, the flashlights on our phone, and just sort of booked it down a sand dune in the dark, like, down a path where we, like, couldn't even find our car. We'd gone so out of the way, but just felt like we needed to just run away and we did so yeah i don't know if it was actually trouble or not but that was a moment that felt unsafe rare one so to bring it back up what about the best weekend trip you went on yeah I let's go with you Marissa, yeah so mine was the first one that came to mind that's always jeff's rule with these questions of like what's the what's the first thing that pops up was a weekend in Koh Samui. so i'd flown from bali to thailand to meet up with a boyfriend at the time and it was just a really amazing i don't know just like a really chill awesome place like we went on some adventures rode out on scooters like just a pretty hotel pretty beaches i went to this little pig island so it's this island that has these like pigs on the beach and it was just, yeah, just a really fun, memorable, like relaxing weekend in the midst of some like hectic travel. So that was mine. Jeff, what was yours? Wait, pigs on the beach? Just pigs on the beach? <laughs> Can you... Just pigs on the beach. They they were put there. There's some, like if you, mostly I've seen pictures in the Bahamas that have them, but it was this little island like years ago. It's a private island at some just a tiny little place that someone had brought just like their pet pigs like to this island. And then I think it got popular from, they realized like tourists would come to see it. And yeah, it's just, it's one of those things. They're actually pretty cute. Like they kind of roll around, they eat, they like, they like the shade more than the sunny beach, but they're just pigs hanging on this tiny little island you can go to for the day. And it's like maybe a 20 minute ferry ride from Koh Samui in Thailand. Okay. That's cool. That's, that's better yeah. than monkeys biting and stealing your stuff. That's, that happens to me too sometimes. That does happen to you as well. <laughs> Mine again is going to be that treehouse. It was just so relaxing and so beautiful. I, I can't think of a first first thing that I think of was that treehouse. I'm going to go back there. So easy one for me. Diego, to you, what is your, oh, this is a good one for me to you. What's your favorite coffee and or beer that you had? Yours is going to be a coffee. So tell me about your favorite coffee. Definitely coffee. Don't drink beer. So that was in Bali. We found this little hole in the wall place in Ubud and it, it's a tiny little cafe roastery, really. 
and they just made the most incredible coffee be- beans and awesome coffee there. And then we we just bought so much of that. And we I ended up bringing, I think, two kilograms of coffee to Costa Rica, which is literally like bringing sand to the desert. So <laughs> yeah, that was it. How about you? I think you're going to have a good one for this, Jeff. Too. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of torn. I'm going to go, usually I go coffee. I think I'm going to go beer this time because Medellin is doing a really good job of getting into the craft beer scene. And there's one called Saison. And it's like an 8% beer, really, really good. And I've had it the last couple of times I've been here. And they've got a few new breweries that are pouring it. Really, really nice. And gets you tuned up in a hurry, too. Marissa, you don't really do either one of these, right? I just, well, I don't drink coffee. It makes me insane. And I will drink beer and alcohol, but it's not like a memorable. I really wrote that question for you guys because I know you guys love your your coffees and your microbeers and all of that. So I I had them, but don't remember them. So I'll skip that one for myself. But we'll go to the next question, which is, I'll kick it to Diego to start. What's one thing (laughs) you had packed, you wish that you had packed in your suitcase where you were in some destination, but you just didn't have something with you that you wish you had? So this is going to be super on theme. A coffee grinder, but an electric coffee grinder. Because I have a manual coffee grinder that takes seven minutes to grind every coffee. I like to drink two coffees a day. I have my own manual espresso espresso pump so that I can make my own cappuccinos. And I have a little frother to make sure that the cappuccinos wow, come out nice and frothy. Your game is really, that is absolutely really, ridiculous for a digital nomad. It, your game has gone up since it's, the last time. I am a I, I, you make it sound good, Jeff. I'm ashamed. I'm I'm deeply ashamed, and I am confessing you here in front of you and everybody. You should not be. This, um, I am. But, I am more proud of you, you than sir. I've ever been. This is really... You've graduated. You are the only one, but thank you. <laughs> I've witnessed Diego standing in the kitchen grinding coffee by hand for many minutes. <laughs> oh. So, little secret, I, I am going to be giving my fiancé an electric coffee grinder for Christmas, and I'll be using it a lot. <laughs> Right. How about how about you guys? How about you, Jeff? Something that I <laughs> you ever have one thing that you forget just like damn near every time you travel? Like just one thing you go, <laughs> God damn it, I forgot it again. The rain jacket. I always forget a rain jacket. And again, mm. here I, I am in that. <laughs> here, here I am in Colombia where it rains because it's I'm surrounded by a rainforest and I'm again without a rain jacket because I'm an idiot. What about you, Marissa? And just say, I always, always pack my rain jacket and some sort of little fold-up down jacket because you never know when you'll need it. But for me, mine was no, when I was living in Thailand and, and Bali. <laughs> yeah, Jeff will not forget it now. I would say I just really wanted some like lightweight shorts that I didn't have. You can buy them, but like I wear jean shorts everywhere and shorts. it is so hot yeah. in those locations that I was like, I just need lighter weight clothing that I, you know, I had to, I had to buy some there, but I was like, I wish I had all this other stuff with me because it is so hot and humid in these places. All right. So for that 18, Jeff, what is the prettiest, I think I know based on your answers already, but what's the prettiest view you saw this year? In your Ooh, travels? kind of an oddball. I took a little vacation to Carmel, California, and that's where they have Pebble Beach. It's like a really, really famous golf course there, but also Pebble Beach is surrounded by like the richest houses and neighborhood that I've ever seen in my life. We're talking like $20 million houses along the beach. And there's something called the, I think it's called the 17 mile drive where you go and just wrap around and see all of these different houses along the beach. And it's like one of the most beautiful views that you can see everywhere you go is like a new, insane, beautiful beach of the Pacific coast. So that was, that was pretty cool. Not super digital nomad E, but it qualifies. It's like, wow, holy shit. I need one of these houses. What about you? Mine was actually with Diego again on the top of Lamorne, which is a hike and a mountain in Mauritius. And it was, there's four of us who went on this hike. It was really, really hard to get to the top, like actual climbing up like stones and really tough. But at the top of it was the most beautiful, like 360 view. 180 degrees of that was this like blue water, like the, that shallow, bright blue water where, which I love. And I honestly think it's the prettiest view I've ever seen, like maybe in the whole entire world. That was that was mine. What about you, Diego? Oh, it's amazing. So obviously I'm gonna have to say that, <laughs> but I'm gonna add something else that we've got a little bit of little bit of diversity here. So we went to to Turkey as well for a month and we ended up going to Cappadocia for a weekend trip. And that I, I you talked about this before, Marissa, because you'd been there a few years ago. 
And honestly, like just just an incredible thing. So, so different. And if you go up in these hot air balloons and there's like, I don't know, 500 hot air balloons in the sky and it's at, you know, 5 a.m. in the morning, just as the sun is rising and you're seeing all those lights of the fires of the hot air balloons just lighting up as it's all going up on these different different levels. And then you've got these crazy views down there with with, you know, silly rock formations. And it, it's incredible. Definitely something to, to witness. So that was awesome. Yeah. How about for the next kind of a deep one, guys, how, how has your life as a nomad changed this year? I think maybe I'm going to I'm going to ask you, Jeff, because I think that a few things have changed for for your setting, I guess, too. Yeah, the probably the top thing was quitting my corporate job, which really, really does shape the way that you're a digital nomad, because you're you're still a bit restricted to a certain period of time during the day in which you have to work and time zones. Now it's gone, completely gone. So it's like, at first it slowed down because I was building a business and I wasn't able to, like I said, dedicate that much time and mental space to travel. So I was, I was only going to Medellin and, and back and forth between that and home. And, and now I'm, I've kind of got into a rhythm and I'm good financially and I'm building a brand and I'm able to work when I feel like it, which is fucking incredible. Like it is amazing. And I can literally travel anywhere I want and work the hours that I want. So that's going to be a big part of next year. So this year was just kind of like stocking up and, and building up, you know, like a, a good set of habits in my business. So next year I can, I can finally go to Asia. I can go Eastern Europe. I can go pretty much wherever I want. So it's pretty, pretty, pretty big deal for me. It's changed. Not a lot happened this year, like in terms of being a digital nomad, but it was good staging for next year. That's so important. I love that. And so excited for you, Jeff, to get to Asia and all those places. Can't wait to hear. Yeah. What about you, Marissa? I'll take the next one. Yeah. So mine, like a couple days into the new year, my cat died. Jeff was like very much there for me because we both share the the traveling with having pets at home. And it was very, very sad and very hard for me. But what changed for me as a nomad because of it is there's no longer anything I felt like I had to, you know, I would often come back home every couple months because I really wanted to spend time with, you know, my cat. It was just, yeah, it's kind of a part of my lifestyle. And I had to often figure out, I had a condo that I rented out and I always had to, in the back of my mind, figure out who was watching him and have a sitter and all of it was, it was really, it was definitely for me the hardest part of being a nomad. And now that that was released, this was the first time this year where I was like, oh my gosh, like I could... I don't have to go home. There's something at home I have to figure out. I can, it was really freeing in a way. So I was gone for like the whole first six months of the year. And it was just, yeah, I know it for someone who doesn't have a pet, you're like, you know, it may not mean much, but for me, it really changes the way that I can and and do and will travel moving forward. So that's what changed for me. What about you, Diego? Quite simple. I think I just realized that I am aging terribly. (laughs) I, I I am about 20 years older on the inside than I look on the outside because I look like a 14-year-old kid. So that's kind of unexpected. But yeah, basically, I just realized I need to slow down a little bit with my, with my travels and I'm taking it. Yeah, I'm just taking it easy and, and maybe staying, you know, two to three months in a place. It's just interesting to kind of move from this, you know, faster digital nomad lifestyle to maybe something that's somewhere between, a, you know, digital nomad and, and, and an expat. We'll see what the next, uh, yeah, next stuff has in store. And then you start to look at which place might be the, you know, perfect place on earth to maybe have a little home base. Oh God. And all the serious life stuff. Yeah. Love it. So with that number 20, getting close to end here, Jeff, I'll kick it to you as you look back or did you answer the, yeah, you answered the first one. So if you look back on 2022, how has travel changed you or impacted you just as a person in general? Kind of good segue from what Diego just said. Like I really love traveling to new places all the time, but I, there's, you guys know, there's a few places I really love. And I made me realize this last year that I want to finally own some property and I don't want to own Mm. in the United States. I just don't feel like there's any value in it. Like when I'm looking at my little suburban neighborhood, I live in like a little rural suburban nowhere and the houses are going for a million US dollars per house. It's just a normal tract home. It's like, that seems awful. And I was just looking at properties here Mm. in Medellin and realizing I could get four really nice, better houses for that, that same price. So it made me realize that, yeah, I, I still definitely want to be a digital nomad, but I also want to be a property owner where I don't have to go through the Airbnb stuff all the time. 
So yeah, this last year made me realize I'm going to buy some property here in Medellin. That's awesome. We're kind of at the same, at the same time, kind of getting to, to that place, I guess time has gone yeah. by. <laughs> I'd love to chime in with something. It's, it looks like right at the end, we're finally getting to the, the really deep stuff, but I'd love to chime in with something that that's also been on my mind a little bit this last year, I realized and when you travel a lot, you're, you're, and you're always meeting people and, and you have chances also, of course, to reconnect with friends. But I did realize that part of what happens is that you at times disconnect from, from family. You might disconnect a little bit from friends back home. And whilst all of that is part of life where you're, you know, you're moving and, and you're not going to be able to stay connected to absolutely all of the friends that you've made throughout life. So they're going to be, you know, different kinds of friends. What do they say? Yeah, people, people enter your life for a season, a reason or a lifetime, right? I love that quote. Uh, it's, a really, it's a really good one because it does remind you that you don't, you can't invest all of your energy into absolutely everybody. But maybe it's about starting to think about, well, who's here potentially for, for a lifetime or for, or for a long period of time and really double down on those, on those relationships. If it's a nomad, fellow nomad, then it's about finding ways to travel with them and seeing them a little bit more throughout the year. You know, family, of course, dedicating more time to them. They're not getting any younger. And if it's a friend from back home to just remind myself that, you know, there, other people's lives are also going on and, and they might not be as, as active as ours. And we sometimes just forget because we're so busy doing what we're doing. Anyway, yeah, how about you, Marissa? Yeah, mine is sort of a theme that I, I sort of started learning when I traveled, but really just hit me this year, which is this kind of thought of that, like, it, it takes a village, I think, in life, right, to raise a family, to raise yourself, to have help, to do whatever. And I, I every time I travel to other countries compared to the U.S., I just see... I feel like so many countries do this better than we do back home of like, I think about we we're visiting this really rural village in Namibia and each woman had like five or six kids and a kid would run up and we'd be like, what is this one's name? And they were like, oh, this is her kid. Like they didn't even know it. Like they're like, I think this is the same. Like they all raised these, these children like together and did things together. And as I look at the U.S., it just becomes, everyone becomes really individualized when I come home. Yeah. Like you just don't see people, friends, family as often as, you know, when I'm living as a nomad with, with friends and living more like a family. So it just really reminded me that whether I'm, you know, spending time in the States or, you know, as we're all slowing down or building bases abroad or wherever that is to really intentionally surround myself with a village of, you know, whether it's friends or family or people, but like, I, I love traveling in that way. And when I lived in Thailand, I was with these three Israeli guys who they travel everywhere together like as, as nomads. And they're like this little family of friends that travel in a way that I've never seen anyone else travel like. And it, it's just really beautiful. So it's just a reminder to me of a way that I, I want to live and to continue to build my life. Yeah. So with that one, Diego, I'm going to kick it back to you. What are your tentative, non-committal, because we're digital nomads, thoughts for your 2023 travel plans? Looking forward, what's in store for you? Okay, cool. Well, this one's going to be quick and easy. Santa Marta, that's in Colombia, the start of the year. Then I hope to be skiing in France. And then I will be in Bali, I think, for about two, two and a half months, just, just lying low. And then tentatively Japan. But I am not sure about that yet. We'll see. How about you guys? I can go ahead. Yeah, that is more. I thought you were just going to say, I'm going back to Bali like in January and <laughs> we'll stay there forever. But that's fun. You got some travel at the beginning of the year. So with that, I am starting my year in Costa Rica which I'm super excited about. It's one of my favorite places to be. Might be skiing in February in Canada. I have, I think I will be in Japan with Wi-Fi Tribe in April, May sort of time. Maybe some other places around nearby, but the rest is sort of TBD. What about you, Jeff? Heading to Barcelona next week. I'll be spending New Year's and a month there. And then tentatively Cape Town after very, very tentative, nothing, nothing booked. And then... I'll see how cold it is at home. <laughs> Another thing that I've discovered this year, I really, really hate winter and I don't want them ever again. And I guess I don't have to have a winter ever again if I don't want to. So yeah, well, check the temperature. If it's too cold, go somewhere warm. And that's as far as I've gotten. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, you guys get to see how we plan. It's like, everything's like, we think we're going to do this kind of mm -hmm. that, but... Yeah. All right, beautiful. Last question, number 22. What is one place you'd like to get to next year? Just if you if you could go anywhere, you might go anywhere, what would that be? Jeff, I'll start with you. I would like to be able to make it to Cape Town because I still haven't been to Africa or Cape Town. And it seems like it seems like a must for digital nomads. It seems like just about everybody I've met has done it. It's 
at some point, except for me. So I have to see what I'm missing out on because it seems like it's something that everybody has to do. I think I'm going to say Sri Lanka because mm -hmm. a lot of people have been raving about that one. And so maybe we can finally make that happen next year. Oh my gosh. If you go, let me know. That is high up on my list to get to. I wanted to go this year and then their whole like economic crisis happened. I was about to yeah. book a flight, but let me know because I've been dying to get there. So just to give a different one, Sri Lanka is up there for me, but I would say Nepal as well is one that I Ooh, would hope to get to next year, but we'll, we shall see. So with that, we made it through all 22 questions. So 22 questions to wrap up our 2022 is the last podcast episode of this year. Anything else you guys want to share before we wrap up? No, I'm just really amazed that you guys all made it through these 22 questions, including our <laughs> listeners. So thank you very much for still being here and with us and all the crazy stuff we talk about. But we really hope that this one's been just interesting to see a little bit of those insights that maybe you don't see so often throughout the year with, with our usual episodes. Yeah. And a quick reminder for our audience, join our newsletter list, beachcommute.com backslash email. You get two things. One, you'll get a weekly newsletter. It'll update you on the latest podcast, what we talked about, links to the podcast. And then also we'll send out the two remote job listings of the week, which are custom curated by Marissa, specific for you. So make sure you get on that list so you get you can take advantage of those job listings. Anything else, Marissa? No, that's it. And I guess with that, hope everyone else had an amazing 2022. I hope that you learned a lot about no, the real nomad life, the deep nomad life, all the different stuff from this episode. And we'll see you in the new year. See you, everybody. See you.